2: And welcome back to another Deepwoods Paranormal Podcast. My name is Matt Harvey. I am the founder and lead investigator of Deepwoods Paranormal. I'm also the host of the Deepwoods Paranormal Podcast. Along with my wife, Amanda, we research everything paranormal, from Bigfoot to UFOs to ghosts to cryptic creatures to river and lake monsters. Uh, If it's paranormal nature, we investigate it. And then essentially we come on here and talk to you guys about it on our podcast. We sometimes recap... Uh, a lot of our old Bigfoot re- uh, research and stuff like that. I don't know how many times you guys have probably heard me heard talking about Black Star Canyon and or Joe's camp or stuff like that. So today is the Bigfoot only podcast. This is coming out a little late uh Unfortunately we weren't able to get the third the fourth podcast out this week. so I apologize for that. The Cryptids only podcast will hopefully come back out next week. hopefully we get have time to do four. I've uh, just been putting in a ton of hours at work, um, and things are not, every time I have some time off, just struggling to keep, to get things done, um, just too much to do in too little time. So, um, you know, I basically put you guys first, I put the podcast first, so trying to get these done for you, um, and we really appreciate you guys listening and viewing our podcast either on, uh, uh, on one of the platforms, the audio podcast platforms or on our YouTube or Rumble page. So, again, thank you guys again for for listening and watching. We really appreciate you guys. Uh, As I said, we are going to be talking about Bigfoot today. So let's do some housekeeping. I know everyone loves the housekeeping part of it. I am going to put together a Bigfoot research team. I am looking for people that are enthusiasts. You don't have to be i um, an expert in bigfoot i don't think there's any bigfoot experts really out there there's people that have been doing this a lot longer and i think they're very good at what they do but i would not call them experts um if they're experts we would have a body already we would have a bigfoot somewhere in a cage um and that's the sad part of it um Nobody's really, <laughs> except for maybe the GOV, uh, nobody's really put them in, uh, into a cage and study them. Infor- well, fortunately and unfortunately, um, you've, you've heard me talk about in the past, uh, my plans for Bigfoot. If I could get close enough and I could get enough uh, resources on the ground, we could surround them somehow, a group of them. Uh, we'd probably take down a couple, three of them or more. Um, with darts, not hurt them, just put them out, get some hair samples, get some skin samples, some saliva, um, you know, and anything else that basically are needed measurements, pictures, videos, and all that stuff. And then that would be basically safeguarded somewhere, uh, away as quick as possible. Uh, because, uh, usually when that kind of stuff happens and the GOV finds out about it, they basically disrupt your party. And uh, a lot of your evidence, all of your evidence seems to disappear along with the Bigfoots. So um, that's just my conspiracy theory, which I know is true. Uh, Personally, like I said, I don't expect anybody to believe unless you've had an experience that you can say that can't be anything else. But and in this case, we'll put Bigfoot in that in that uh, category. So um, I'm looking to put together a team, maybe four to five people. I have a friend, a fellow producing friend, uh, who has a lot of contacts. Uh, we're working with them a little bit here and there. Uh, we're going to be doing a, vent, a Bigfoot event with them, I believe, in May for three different weekends. Uh, be down in San Antonio. So be looking for that. You can go on our website, deepwoodsparanormal.com, and uh, it's under the event page. Uh, right now, it's not on there because I'm still working on the details with him. And then once I get some more details, we'd be plastering it all over Facebook you know, and everywhere else, all our social media. So you guys can come and enjoy that. Come meet us. Go, you know, basically go through a haunted house. It's going to be fun. There's going to be a lot of stuff to do. it would be like a big um, festival. There'll be speakers. I might be one of the speakers out there. So anyways, yeah, it's going to be a fun time uh, for all. We're probably going to be doing a podcast live from there more than likely. Um sooner or later, I'm going to basically record these podcasts on Facebook Live. I might even uh, do it over on uh, TikTok Live so that you guys can tune in and listen to a live podcast and uh, go from there. I mean, I won't be able to answer your questions because um, they go by so fast it's hard to read them. But uh, we will probably start doing some lives here, too. So hopefully you guys are interested in that. But like I said, I'm putting looking to put together uh, a crew of Bigfoot researchers, and I want to go out with them and start documenting our experiences out at different places. And then, of course, putting them on YouTube for in Rumble for you guys to enjoy. I know there's a lot of people that really like Bigfoot, and it's the hot topic right now. Um, I can tell that because our Bigfoot podcasts get about 50% more um views and listens than any other podcast we do. I think the, these podcasts average average about hundred downloads or more per day. Um and video wise, uh just that just gets more downloads, especially over on Rumble. Uh if you're a Rumble fan, we're over on Rumble as well. Deep What's Paranormal. You can find us there. You can find our video podcast there as well. All the links are down below so you guys can look through and uh see. Um you know which one you want to go to. Follow us on social media or whatever if you want to. So, also like I've said before, um, up in the up in the little link up here, um, or actually probably down here somewhere uh, on our YouTube channel, uh, we have well, of course links to our social media. But we also have an opportunity for you guys to buy us a coffee. Um, what that does is just helps us out uh, and basically sponsors us. Uh, gives us an opportunity to put money towards gear. Um, to continue to um, do our research, I think here in the future, um probably end of this year, maybe before then this year, we're going to be looking for a sponsor, somebody that wants to sponsor our show, and uh go from there. So, if you're interested in, in uh, sponsoring our show, we'd love to have you help us out. Uh, if you have gear that you want to donate or let us use on the show, uh, we'd be happy to have it. Um, so, just uh. Stay tuned, guys. We're going to be doing a lot of stuff coming up. I'm, I'm working on a lot of things. I've got so many irons in the fire, and uh, some one of these days I'm going to start pulling some of them out and and putting them, you know, to the test. So, anyways, all right. So let's get into this. Uh, what I want to do today is we're going to watch a, a YouTube video, uh, Cliff uh, from Animal Planet's fighting Bigfoot. He is talking about the best Bigfoot evidence. Um, uh, he's like a foot, pe- foot print specialist. Um, he's like, like Dr. Jeff Melbrom. Um, uh, he, he can tell you if a footprint's fake or real pretty quick, uh, and stuff like that. He's been out in the field for a long time. Nothing but respect for him. I would love to meet him one of these days and, uh, maybe do some Bigfoot research with him here in Texas. So, all right, let me share my screen and we will go over here. All right. Um, all the links to like buy buy us a coffee here. Here's our, here's our, uh, website, deepwoodsparanormal.com. If you want to go over here and listen to the audio podcast, it's here. Also the YouTube people keep asking me about this, uh, our YouTube page is here. So basically our, our, our uh, website is basically a nonstop shop. You can, um, uh, listen to our podcast. You can watch our, our videos here. Uh, like I said, public ghost hunts will become, become, uh, public, of, uh, go to yeah, public paranormal events, probably. And then of course you can read a little bit about us and then our CRM social media page. Um, that's our, I think that's just our Facebook and Instagram. And then of course my wife and I run a production company. So, and then we're just basically doing our own thing. We're basically putting together our own shows as you guys can see on YouTube or rumble. Um, anyways. All right, let's get back into this. Here's the buy me a coffee. If you want to buy us a coffee, uh, our goal is to reach $2,000. Again, that's going to help us get some new advanced gear. Uh, we're looking to buy a bigger camera, bigger, better camera. I'm not going to go into that too much. Let's get into Cliff's thing. Okay, let me blow this up for you guys. Um, what I'm going to do is as he talks, uh, I might interject here there, um, give my two cents, and then essentially... We'll listen to him. I'm going to move my mic kind of closer to the speaker so you can hear him talk, and uh, you won't hear me talking. So if you're just listening, again, this is Cliff from Finding Bigfoot. He's pretty much a footprint expert, and he's been uh, in the field researching Bigfoot for a very, very long time. Uh, like I said, nothing but respect, and uh, I want to hear what he has to say, and hopefully you guys do too. So let's, let's put this over here and uh, let him talk.
0: There's just so much misinformation about Sasquatch in particular. So I I feel it's my job as an educator to uh, put the good stuff out. So let me uh, share my screen here and I will start my presentation. So there we go.
2: Okay, so he's going to be presenting Bigfoot evidence. Um, This is not, hopefully he doesn't do any Animal Planet stuff. But this is just basically I believe his evidence from his own files. I'm hoping. Um, because animal, anything from animal planet, YouTube bans you can't, uh, post any of that stuff on there for some weird reason. Uh, it's a copyright issue. And so anyways, this is a 56 minute video. We're not going to watch this whole video or listen to this whole video. Um, we're going to kind of pick and choose. Like I said, I'm going to interject here and there. And then, uh, as we go, you know, I might fast forward it or replay a few things. Um, especially if there's like a howl or something uh, that we want to listen to, we'll, we'll go back. So anyways, um, if you guys want to be on the show, let us know, uh, all of our contact information is down below my cell number, my email, best ways to contact me. Um, so also, um, you know, feel free to leave a comment down below in our YouTube or rumble page, uh, or on our deepwoodsparanormal.com page. Um, if you're on one of our platforms, on one of the platforms that we're on for a podcast, uh, we don't really get uh, any any information about people posting messages there. And we're on about 60 different platforms now. So it's really hard to keep up with anybody's comments on those. But YouTube, um, Facebook, um, Instagram, whatever, uh, anywhere else you want to leave us uh, a comment, if you want to send me a personal email or if you want to text or text or even call me, my information is down below. Everything's in the, in the description. So, all right, so let's listen to Cliff. Even this
0: uh, presentation is big but the evidence because, again, people are not aware of the evidence and there's so much evidence and it is internally congruent and almost predictable in some ways of what would be expected of a species like this. So let's first start off by talking about the difference between evidence and proof, okay? Um, Basically, uh, evidence is something that kind of supports what you think, you know, like the scientific process, which we'll get into in a minute um, is is a series of steps and evidence supports your hypothesis, which we'll talk about in a minute, whereas proof is the end-all be-all, that is it, there is no other way around it, this is proof. And for us, the evidence comes in all sorts of forms, and that's what we'll be speaking about today. But proof, no matter how you cut it, will essentially end up being a dead Sasquatch. Now, some other evidence might lead to that. For example, DNA evidence. If uh, Some species, like Homo Denisovans, were discovered solely through DNA. Um, Homodenosopin, if you didn't know, is is an extinct human relative. Um, And they were discovered solely through DNA analysis. Turns out we had a bone or two, but we misidentified those turns out they're homo Denisovans. Uh, But still, that led to more parts of the body being um, discovered later. In Sasquatches, if we do get good DNA evidence, and we're working on that now, but if we do get good DNA evidence, that's not going to prove it to anybody beyond the DNA experts. Then the scientists will go out and get a dead one. I don't advocate for that. I'm not a hunter. I don't shoot even deer. Um, And certainly shooting probably what our closest living relative on the planet uh, would an upsetting thing for me. So I'm not going to go do that. I'm not a gun guy. I've got a couple of firearms, but I'm no means a gun guy. I live in Oregon. I know some gun guys. I'm not one of them. Um, so that's not going to be me. I'm just going to educate the public and hope in hopes to soften the blow of discovery. But I mentioned the science that science is a process. And here are the steps of science. Um, science isn't this body of knowledge that's guarded by
2: okay. So Cliff made some good interesting um things here. Mm. Sorry about that. Um, so Cliff makes some good points. Now, I just want to make sure people understand, full disclaimer, I am not interviewing Cliff. Um, this is a video I found on YouTube, just in case you're listening. Um, you have to take this with a grain of salt. I believe that there are other species of human human or humanoids out there that are possible to live in the forest. They look... Like us, they might be a little bit bigger, a little smaller than us. Um, But I believe Bigfoot is also another species that live out there. There's uh, people that have seen them and they say, oh, they have a regular face like us and they have hair around their chin and stuff, but they're human. I believe that. I believe there are human um, entities that are still out there that we don't know. Um, They're probably few and far between. They're probably in small groups. Uh, they're probably in the thickets, you know, where, where we don't go um, and stuff like that. So, but I also believe that Bigfoot might be a separate species from humans, but they might have some human DNA. Uh, could they be Gigantopithecus? Could they be something else that we just don't know of? Maybe. I mean, there's all kinds of theories on them. And, and again, take all this, is a huge grain of salt. This is all theory.
1: No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for
2: details. Somebody provides a body, you know, nobody's, you know, I don't expect anybody to believe. Um, even if you've had a sighting, until we have a physical body that somebody in the public, not the private sector has, um, that we can basically show to the public and say, hey, look, we got this thing. It's, you know, this massive thing is... Is, is real. And they're out in the forest. Uh, until that happens, you know, I just, I don't know. Um, it's it's going to be really hard to prove that they really exist. Um, you know, we've got footprints, we've got hair samples, we've got DNA, we've got possible teeth <laughs> from what? We've got um, you know, arm and leg prints. We've got all these different things that they've possibly left behind. We've got Footprints go on for however long, but unfortunately that is, um, just not good enough proof. We have to have a physical body and that's what he's talking about. Um, so he goes into basically the scientific part- portion of it. And if you're sitting here, uh, he's talking about the process of how they basically go through and try and prove something's real or not. I'm not going to sit here and listen to this. Uh, we're not going to sit here and listen to this because it'll go on forever. Let's see. So it says, for more than 400 uh, years, people have reported seeing large, hair-covered, man-like uh, animals in the wilderness around the of areas of North America. Sightings of these animals continue today, real or not. These reports are often made by people of unimpeachable character, meaning they're a police officer, they're somebody that has a lot of respect that doesn't, uh, you know, doesn't often, you know, doesn't, would, would not normally come forward with these kind of stories. Um, it says, for over 70 years, people have been finding, photographing, and casting sets of very large human shaped like tracks. Most are discoverable by a chance in remote areas. These tracks continue to be found to this day. It says, the culture histories. Of of many American uh, Americans and First Nations people, including stories and beliefs about non human people of the wild. Many of these descriptions bear a striking resemblance to the hair like, uh, hairy hairy man like creatures reported today. So he's saying these reports go all the way back to um, the actual Native Americans and. So they, and Native the Americans, they talk about this stuff all the time. If you listen to the shows, and I've even uh, met a few people out here who are Native American that have told me they've seen them and, or their ancestors have seen them. So let me just scroll through this because I don't want to, uh, I want to watch the evidence. Okay, here we go. All right. It says types of evidence, Native accounts, historical settler accounts, contemporary uh, witnesses. Sound recordings, photographs, films, and video tracks, hair, DNA, or body or part of one. Um, so I guess they found body parts for Bigfoots. Um, that's probably very, very scarcely reported, if ever. Um, I've I've heard of people killing them, but uh, you know, and I've talked to a lot of hunters from out here that in Texas that I've seen them. One guy told me he was up in his deer stand. Um he was on a I forget what he was on, he was on a deer lease or something. And out in the middle of nowhere, you know a couple of th- about 20 miles from his car, uh, nobody else around. And uh he essentially shot a deer about 150, 200, 200 feet away in the clearing. And he said out of the tree line comes walking this huge, massive thing. He said it was about eight to ten feet tall. Um just a bi- bipedal hairy thing. And he had a scope. And he looked in on the face and he said, It just looks so human I couldn't shoot it. So, and that I've heard that story personally, um, not on TV shows, but personally from three or four people. Uh, so I mean, I don't know. Um you know, are they real? You, you guys have to make up your own minds on this. I mean, you have to have an encounter where you can say that couldn't be anything else. But, okay, so let's keep going here. So it says Native Americans and First Nation accounts. And you can see they've made dolls that look like a Bigfoot. In this bottom of this totem pole, they're saying looks like a Bigfoot. Um, so photo credit 1914, Edward Curtis. Uh, and then photo credit Cliff. um, from Finding Bigfoot. Uh, Barakman, I think is his last name. I can't pronounce it right, so I don't want to screw that up and butcher his name. But he has a, a picture of what looks like a hairy man. Um, you know, there's no hair actually on the face. It's just all the way around like a like I've heard described for humans, human Bigfoots. But it looks more like a doll. Uh, and this, again, on the end, there's uh, Adele... D. Minnell, uh, who took a picture of this uh, totem pole. And on top is a bird, of course, or a hawk or or something, an eagle. And then on the bottom, it looks like a person, honestly. But they're saying it's a Bigfoot. So let me kind of keep scrolling through here. Okay. So I don't mean to cut Cliff off here, and we'll turn him back on, hopefully. we may, may or may not turn him back on. Um but we're basically, you know, seeing uh, photo evidence, you know, of from the Native Americans. They essentially drew creatures on the walls inside caves and stuff like that of what they called uh, the hairy man or whatever they called it. So that's pretty interesting. And these, these date back two, three, four hundred years ago, sometimes a little bit more. So let's keep going because he's going to talk about the caves. So this is says historical settler accounts. It says race of giants hunt and work, uh, hunt and work at night. Men stealers tracks uh, one one point five feet long. So they're saying it's uh, about eighteen inches long. Um, they steal salmon, eat raw. So they're saying basically they saw them eating um, salmon raw, uh, basically catching them like a bear, or maybe tearing off the head, tearing off the flesh with their teeth. Um, so it says there was a strong and terrible, intolerable smells with them. Um, they heard whistles and they had stones thrown at them. And this is uh, Akena Walker, eighteen forty. This is his accounts. So I'm guessing. So let's keep going. So, okay, yeah, here we go. Let's go to this one. Let's actually let Cliff speak for a minute here and let's just see what he says. Apish
0: arms with a smooth face, which I'm taking is probably meaning not covered in hair. Um, the funnel-shaped head. Hmm. Could that be this uh, describing a sagittal crest that pointed sort of uh, head shape to the gorilla and other uh, ape species? Um, the body was covered completely with dark brown hair about two inches long. It pounded itself on the chest, uh, didn't
2: couldn't talk and it ran fat. So he's talking about a report from Thursday, January third, eighteen seventy eight This is from a um, newspaper. In uh, Pennsylvania. It says Smithport, Pennsylvania. I'm sorry, my stuff's in the way. Uh, January 3rd, 1878. And he's basically describing what the gentleman saw. Uh, so let's keep keep going ahead and play this. Let me move this out of the way. Okay, where is the play button on there? There it is. this.
0: Made a bed of leaves and all that sort of stuff. 1878. I wanna point out that uh, the, the gorilla was discovered in about 1851, give or take a couple of years. I can't remember exactly, but 1851. So this is about you know, 20, 25 years after that. So there's, there's not really a precedent beyond the gorilla though, You know, as far as this chest beating and all that stuff. Very interesting. Here's one from Oregon. Uh, this animal was seen while hunting. It wasn't wearing clothes, but it was covered with hair. It was also seen eating raw deer. Um, and then of course it ran off when, when they saw it from 1885. Um, there's a strong correlation between Sasquatches and deer, um, deer migration routes, for example. Um, you track where deer, mig- deer migrate, that's where the Sasquatch reports are. Um, there's a, there's a, they've been seen hunting and killing deer before. And here we are, 1885, there's evidence, not proof, but evidence that Sasquatches uh, have
2: that behavior.
0: And of course the sighting reports continue um here's some uh witnesses i've had the pleasure of working
2: okay so i'm gonna stop him there we're gonna move on because i don't want to here we go this is stuff that we want to talk about let me move this back because i'm sure he's going to start talking about it right as it comes up So, so sound recordings yells howls, screams whoops whistles chatter and knocks
0: Excuse me, that other ape species do, and they even chatter, which might be indications of some sort of language. But the, the jury's still out on that one. But there is evidence for that sort of thing.
2: All right. Speaking of chatter, well, I have heard what sounds like an old, two old men just. Uh, I recorded it, and unfortunately, when I lost all my recordings, all my stuff, um, I'm not going to say for what. Um, you know, basically my computer was hacked by the, oh, I can't say that either. Uh, my computer was hacked and, uh, I lost everything, uh, about 20 some odd years of evidence, uh, possibly done by either the GOV or somebody that, uh, maybe represents them. Uh, they didn't like that. I put posted a UFO, uh, over Orange County. And so they wiped out my YouTube. My Facebook account, uh, every place I posted it, I got removed from. And then uh, essentially uh, had my computer wiped along with my hard drive. As soon as I plugged my external hard drive in, boom, my computer locked up. And then by the time I got it unfrozen, un- turned everything off, put it back, flipped, turned it back on, everything was gone off my computer. Uh, completely wiped my computer. And then, of course, I just had a meltdown. And so, you know, the hard drive, I think, basically melted or something. I don't know what happened with it. But, uh, yeah, a couple thousand dollar computer thrown in the trash. So, anyways, I'm really careful now. I try not to keep anything on my computer or anything like that. And I always back everything up to three or four places. So, anyways, all right, let's, let's, let's continue to listen to Cliff here. And, of
0: course, photographs. There are photographs, Uh, Sasquatches are not blurry, but the problem with um, photographs, like this photograph of a Sasquatch running up the Clackamas River, is that uh, Sasquatches are largely, but not exclusively, nocturnal. And when pictures are taken at night, um, any photographer knows that the shutter stays open longer and thus introduces a lot of blur into the photograph. And this thing, whatever this thing is, I I don't know if you can see my cursor or not on there. I think you can. So I'm gonna um, outline this. See the blur here coming down. It goes down like that. There's a blurry thing coming off here. And if you look very closely, there's a little bit of blur here. There's even blur here, which I, what I'm taking this as is I believe this is the head. The back comes down here. This triangular part is probably the right elbow. It comes down, I think this is the leg and there's a little bit of the knee there and that's also an arm. Well, this was taken on a game camera and I went to the actual site, and see these dots, these little knots on the tree right there? These are about six and a half feet off the ground. Upon our uh, my, my recreation of this animal, actually I think it's seven foot two actually, I have to check my notes. But I do remember this, that the top of what I'm interpreting as the head is seven foot ten inches off the ground. So again, if this is not a Sasquatch, if this bipedal, I see two legs, if this upright, potentially bipedal figure photographed behind two locked gates where only rangers have the key, if this is not a Sasquatch, the skeptics have to tell me what else it could be. The thing is seven foot 10 inches tall i have a whole hour presentation on just the recreation of this particular photograph but again if this is not a sasquatch skeptics really need to tell me what it could be because i met the guy he's not into photoshop he doesn't know anything about it um he was a mechanic essentially what could this be here's another photograph this one's from vermont um This particular picture was taken by a gentleman named Frank. I, I've met Frank, I've been to the site. Frank noticed that his apples were like a tremendous number of apples went missing overnight on his tree. And he figured, well, why one was doing that? So he set up a game camera, and within two weeks, he got this peculiar picture. Again, let's talk about what I'm interpreting. I believe that this is the head of a Sasquatch looking down. And you can see the left shoulder with the left arm coming down. That's the arm right here. That'd uh, be the right shoulder. And then this is over here. This is the butt. In fact, you can see hints of the butt crack. The natal cleft is what we call that. Um, right here. So the, the leg would go down the little, the knees are kind of obscured, but that's what I'm interpreting here. And what I, I don't know what these white spots are. Uh, that's kind of a puzzle. Maybe it's leaves, maybe maybe it's vitiligo, you know, the disease that uh, um, you lose pigmentation in the skin and then the hair that grows out of that part of the skin. Maybe that's the situation, but look at this. There's something else here that's darker in color. And to me, this almost looks like a hand. Could this be a juvenile Sasquatch grabbing onto the chest of its mother? I don't know. I don't have an answer for that. I've done recreations of this particular photograph. I have a few member mem- uh, measurements that I think are interesting. For example, the crown of the head to what I'm interpreting as a shoulder is 13 inches in length. It's pretty long. Um, Not super big, but pretty long. Intriguing photograph nonetheless. Not proof by any stretch of the imagination, just some intriguing evidence. Here's another photograph that was taken on a really lousy flip phone. Um, This photograph was taken in uh, New Mexico.
1: 18 plus.
0: And uh, basically, this part of New Mexico outside of Farmington, I think it's Fruitland technically, but um, those are two communities that are adjacent to another. They're both on the Navajo reservation around the Four Corners area. And um, in this particular part of the country, there's a lot of poverty. So the Navajo Nation has taken it upon themselves to grow crops to kind of distribute to the poor members of the tribe. And um, so they, they've kind of irrigated the upper levels. It's kind of desert in that area. Um, and the Sasquatches there kind of hang out in the riverbeds, essentially. Um, and I've spoken to numerous witnesses in the area. and I'm convinced they're there, but um, they're irrigating the upper levels, the flat area, <laughs> the flat ground, to feed the tribe, essentially. You know, doing their part to feed the feed the hungry. So, um, and because there's poverty, they have to hire security guards to make sure that nobody steals from them. So, you know, because that happens. Um, a security guard got this. Now, I haven't spoken to the security guard, Uh, my friend Bobo has, but um, I've spoken to the security guard's colleagues and coworkers, several of which had seen Sasquatches on the job. And they told me something funny. They said, oh my gosh, Cliff, we were hired to keep the people out. We don't know what to do about the Bigfoots. So um, this security guard saw the Sasquatch one day. It was walking along the hillside and look. Um, It's walking from left to right. It's walking this direction. And you can see it's holding like what, a 12 foot, log or tree or something? What in the world is that about? I don't know. It's an intriguing picture from a a native reservation, though. I think that's really cool because, again, people tell me there are no photographs, but here we are. There's another photograph. The original's on the left, and I had to, you know, Photoshop it up a bit on the right to kind of increase the contrast and brightness and all that sort of stuff. Um, A 16 or 17-year-old dude, a guy Got this photograph as uh he was driving out to his grandmother's cabin outside of in Vermont again um about 12:30 at night. He thought somebody in a ghillie suit ran across the road and stopped on the side of the road. And he goes, What that guy looks weird. So he took out his iPhone 5 and snapped a picture of that. Now, when I first saw it, I was thinking, ah, oh, high school kid. I don't know, man. I think he's I think he's probably hoaxing, probably lying about things. But I went out and did the investigation anyway. And I was pleasantly surprised to find out that this sign is still there it's a stop sign the very bottom of the stop sign is seven foot two inches off the ground whatever that is it's pretty tall and it was covered in hair I find that intriguing excuse me a little thing in my throat here here's some excellent photographs from uh, Silver Star Mountain in Washington Uh, my friend Randy Chase took these.
2: okay so Don't worry if you're listening on the audio podcast and you want to go back and you want to actually see these pictures. uh, The link is down below. I will have it in the very bottom of the uh, description for you guys so you can go over there and check it out for yourself. Um, What he's doing is essentially he's going back through a lot of the evidence they got for the show Finding Bigfoot and uh, stuff they went and checked out and tried to uh, debunk or prove that they were real and have their own experiences and document their own experiences. So this is cool because it doesn't have anything to do with animal planet. Hopefully I don't get hit with a, uh, another, Hey, you can't have this on your channel type thing. So anyways, um, yeah, so this is cool. Uh, let's keep listening and, and see what else he has to say. This is, is pretty good evidence.
0: Um, He went up to the top of Silver Star. He he loves to hike. He brings a six-pack and a cigar and goes up and hikes almost every day after work. And this particular uh, occasion, he went up to the top of Silver Star in the snow. It was in November. And uh, he got to the top and noticed a rock on uh, the other hillside that he'd never noticed before, about 170 yards away. Silver Star Mountain has like two, two mountain peaks. And he was on one, and this thing was on the other. And he goes, what is that rock? I've never seen that rock before. And snapped a picture of it. And then he turned around and looked at Portland, Oregon, because you can see it from up there and took a couple pictures of Portland and the Columbia River and then turned back around. And in the meantime, the rock had stood up and that's the picture on the bottom left and then the one on the right. Whatever it was, that rock, you know, quote unquote rock, stood up, turned around and walked down the hillside in the snow off trail into a place where there are no more trails, this total wilderness area. Well, um, one of the things that we do when we're trying to figure out if these mediocre pictures are Sasquatches is we compare them to the Patterson-Gimlin film subject, which is what I did on that frame to the right. Because Sasquatches are not human beings. They have very different proportions than human beings. Their arms are much longer in proportion to their leg, for example, their their shoulders are right much higher on them, their neck is is put down in front. They're just different in in every way, basically. So when we want to see if something that, uh, a blobby picture like the one on the right is a Sasquatch, one of the things we can do to shed some light on that is compare the limb proportions to a known Sasquatch versus the Patterson-Gimlin film. By the way, I want to say this now, the Patterson-Gimlin film has never been proven a fake. Um, Roger, the guy who filmed it, never admitted on his deathbed that it was fake and said, in fact, he did the opposite. He said that, um, you know, I know people are going to look into my character. This like, A real film couldn't have, been, couldn't have happened to a worse person like me. Um, everything about the film holds up to scrutiny. So all those things you've heard and stuff on the news are kind of just bad media and misinformation. So you can read more about that in some other books. But anyway, that thing on the right, let's look at the top of the head of the figure where the right the red lines are, the top of the head lines, up, the shoulders line up.
2: Okay, so this podcast is getting a little long. I'm going to move him on. Uh, you, Like I said, you can come watch this video. Um, I don't want to hear him uh, talk about this for too long. All right, so here's another one that I've actually never seen, a video I've never seen. Let me um, play this, and we'll see this together here. 17 in Pennsylvania.
0: Don't worry about it. It's in there somewhere. Let's zoom in on it and take a look. There it is. It's real pixelated. I'll go back one. It's kind of in that open area in the forest. Uh, right in this area. Um, a boat cruise saw this. 17 people saw this thing. One person had the wherewithal to take out um, his cell phone and snap a picture. Actually, he snapped two, but one of them, you can't see the animal at all. In this case, it walked into the clearing, and this is what you get. Again, the lobby, but something's there. It was moving. Um, somebody else managed to grab a video, but they never got the figure on film. Um, on camera, at least, I should say, because it's a video, it's not a film. But they never got the, the figure.
2: Okay, so let's talk about that real quick. Um, yeah, pictures, you know, says a thousand words, supposedly. Uh, and I think that's true. I mean, if you don't crop in on the photo like this, you can kind of see there's something there. And then you've got 17 witnesses or however many witnesses you said there were to it. Um, which is awesome. So a lot of people saw this thing, uh, which gives a lot of credibility. It wasn't just somebody hoaxing, when somebody on the back of the ship there, half drunk or drunk. Oh, I saw something in the woods. No, it's it's a whole bunch of people saw it, uh, which lends a lot more credibility. Even though um, it's hard to see, and when they cross it, I mean you can see a shape, but. If, if you guys are out there and you have an experience um I know from experience the first thing you do is your jaw just drops and hits the ground and you're like dumbfounded holy moly what is that <laughs> that or you're terrified and you're like okay time to go um but if you're able to and you're in you do actually get a camera out uh, a cell phone whatever please 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 number one turn your phone sideways and try to get some video. Um, most camera phones now, uh, even the older ones will turn the light on for you, especially at night. Um, and just just record as long as you feel comfortable. Uh, I know experiencing something like this can be very um, exciting number one and very scary at this at the same time. Um, you know, I, I, my encounters have always been, uh positive except for the last one i had black star canyon uh, which was my own fault i did it to myself i kind of crossed their line and uh <laughs> i just i shouldn't have done it but i got some evidence i got some really good evidence and we'll take a look at that one of these days on this podcast okay. um if i can still have the photos uh, i'll have to look and see if they're still in there but yeah i mean try 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 to get video if you can That's all I want to say. But you can can hear the
0: people reacting to what they're observing. They're saying things like, man, it must be hot in that suit. It was like 80-something degrees that day. Oh, my gosh, is that a Bigfoot? No, that Bigfoot. And they laugh. No, Bigfoot's not real. But they're all watching something that looks like a Bigfoot. What's he doing? And Get closer. then people say, I want to leave. They're getting scared. Very interesting to hear that conversation going on. But this is the only picture we got of it. So let's do what I mentioned before. Let's compare it to the pattern.
2: OK, so if you're watching the podcast on our um, Rumble page or YouTube, you can see, I mean, it's almost exactly the same look as the Patterson Gm one film. The head's in the same spot. The shoulder looks like it's in the same spot. It looks like the arms kind of swung down the same spot. The buttocks is out a little bit further uh, and the knees come down and it's, the legs look a little thicker on this one. Uh, And then you can't quite see the feet on either one of them, but, um, and of course you can't see the face or anything, but if this is truly a Bigfoot, and I say, if it is, uh, I know the skeptics out there are just like shaking their head and going, you know, slapping their face and going, oh my God, this guy's nuts. But yeah, I mean, you know, if you're watching, if you're watching or listening to this podcast, you're probably into Bigfoot. You probably believe in Bigfoot more than likely, or you're trying to believe in Bigfoot. So. Um, the comparison's pretty interesting. Uh, I like that idea. One of these days I'm gonna have to download a picture of of this uh, Bigfoot that they're talking about from the Patterson Game One film. They call her Patty and uh, see if I can basically compare, you know pictures I have, videos I have to it and see what the differences are uh, and stuff like that. So and just remember that Bigfoots come in all different shapes and sizes. Um, they do start out smaller like we do, but they grow up and, and as they get older, I believe they continue to grow. I mean, I've seen them as tall as, well, I would estimate at least 15, 20 feet tall. So, and I mean, that's just, that's the dominant male. Um, they're much, much bigger than most of the other Bigfoots. Some just get, you know, there's, they're only about seven or eight feet tall, but they're at least five, six feet wide. I mean, they're like three or four of me stacked together. And that's how big they are. It's scary. The ones I count, the bouncer in Black Star Canyon. All right, so we're gonna move on from that. Let's keep going. He shows the Patty film, Addison Gilmun film. All right, here's another video. Let's let's listen in on this.
0: Kind of a strange loping gate this Is by Paul Freeman. It's actually 1992. I can see I a copyright 1994 there. It's a mistake on my part. Here's another piece of footage taken on a thermal imager.
2: Okay. So let me talk real quick about that last video. The audio didn't come up for some reason as he was talking. Um, but essentially, he there's a Bigfoot that's basically in behind some brush in the thicket. Um, and what they've done is they've moved the, the video around to basically show the Bigfoot only. So you can kind of follow where it's going and still see it. Which is smart. Um, you know, they've done that with the Palace and Gimel film too. They've stabilized it and uh, so they can analyze it better. I mean, I don't know how many people have reanalyzed that video and nobody's been able, like Cliff said, to be to be able to debunk it. So that was interesting. This is the thermal video. That's why this is kind of grayish uh, and then some light gray. These are tree branches here if you're watching this. Um, there's different settings in the thermal um, thermal um, cameras. Uh, one of them is a gray. Most, most of the time, you guys see the uh, the yellows and the reds, but this one's gray. So let's just listen to them on this.
0: ...don't see light, they see heat. Um, and in this case, um, the person who filmed it had it set so the hotter it was, it was a black color, not a white color. So, um, and everything else is kind of blown out, I guess, if you want to call it that, because uh, it had rained earlier. So everything was kind of the same temperature, except for this large bipedal thing that was following them, walking between two trees. Let's see if I can get that going again. Here it is. They heard it following them. They heard knocks and other indications that something was there. Um, They heard brush breaking and all that stuff. And he happened to have the camera pointed at the right place. It was like midnight or two in the morning. Um, down in Florida
2: what always strikes
0: me about this is that the arm and leg proportions are not whoops um, are not what you would expect of of a human okay but also look at the hands the hands are pretty big which reminds me of that native photograph that we saw from 1914 earlier with the big hands and whatnot on it very interesting I'll let that cycle through the last few and we'll go to the next one and also the head position, real, real low on those high shoulders, very cool. Now, here's the footprints. Um, I find the footprints probably be the strongest body of evidence for Sasquatches if you had to look at one facet only, because really the strongest bit of evidence about Sasquatches is how all these things kind of fit together. But the footprints are so impressive. Here's three footprints from left to right. It's 1963, 1970, and then 1982. And what we have here, uh, this is obviously the most clear representation of it. Um, Police officers took this, by the way, in 1982 in grays Harbor County, Washington. Um, A lot of interesting features on this, including this crack. You notice the crack going down the middle of it. Where's my cursor? There it is. This crack going down the middle of the foot is interesting because that is indication of a a, uh, soft fat pad on the plantar surface of the foot, the, the part of the surface of the foot that touches the ground. As the fat pad presses into the ground, it expands to the side and then pulls apart the substrate underneath the footprint, um, just like it would in your footprint on the beach. And that's what this is for, from, I should say. But also I want to point out a couple other things. Um, the, these bumps on the outside of the foot, they correspond to where bones end and bones start in the foot. Um, the phalanges go to about here, and then the metatarsals are after that. And sure enough, look over here, look really closely in this 1963 sample, you can see that same feature. You can see the same feature between the phalanges and the metatarsals. But anyway, the congruence with the footprints are very, very interesting. Um, and by using really nice clear photo, uh, nice clear footprints and casts, we can actually get some mark- demarcations of where bones are in the foot, like the bumps I just showed you. And a couple anthropologists have taken a stab at this. First, Dr. Grover Krantz on the left from um, Washington State University. He used footprints um, on the left there from an, an animal that was cast in uh, animals footprints that were cast in Bossburg, Washington back in 1969. This particular animal, oh, sorry, wrong way. This particular animal had two bumps on the outside of the foot that were different. The bumps we just spoke about would uh, correspond to where these bones were. But in this case, there were two large protrusions and the foot was twisted around a bit. He kind of reasoned, well, there's only three big bones on the outside of the foot. So if there's two protrusions there, that must be where the spaces between the bones are. And he kind of started filling it in like a a puzzle essentially. And what he found um, was later built upon by this gentleman over to the right, Dr. Jeff Meldrum from Idaho State University. Um, We've ended up up being good friends over the years. I have the pleasure of speaking with him even just this past weekend, actually two days ago. But Dr. Krantz, I'm sorry, Dr. Jeff Meldrum on the right is literally a PhD in anatomy with a specialization in feet and and what led to bipedalism. So he is extraordinarily well equipped to analyze Sasquatch or any footprint footprint evidence. So he's taken what Krantz has done and kind of finessed it a bit with his understanding. And basically over here on the right, you see two feet Uh, two foot reconstructions, I suppose, or reconstructions of feet. On the left is the Sasquatch foot, and on the right is a human foot. And uh, if the human foot was grown to the same length, already there's some differences. Sasquatches would have a much wider foot. That's what we would expect from such a large animal, um, much more surface area to support that weight, et cetera. But there's also small little differences that would be harder to notice. First of all, the ankle bone is moved forward on the foot as compared to the human. This is the Sasquatch here and this is the human. The ankle bone is moved forward. And what that does is that functionally elongates the heel bone and that's very important because the way you walk is basically your calf muscles are attached to your heel and with tendons and ligaments and then the calf muscles pull up on your heel and that kind of lifts your heel off the ground and, and, and kind of like a wheelbarrow in some ways. And that pushes that pushes you forward when you walk. In fact, your foot is a lot like a wheelbarrow. A wheelbarrow is what's called a type two lever. Um, and you know, imagine putting a bunch of stuff in a wheelbarrow, right? Um, and it's, you lift it up and oh, it's heavy. But I put a bunch more stuff in the wheelbarrow right afterwards. I, I guess I could lift it up again and be even heavier. But one of the easiest ways to deal with the increased weight would be if you didn't want to work as hard, would be to eat, to elongate, to lengthen the, the wheelbarrow handles, right? You can imagine, oh, if, I, if I, the handles were 10 feet long, it would actually be easier to lift. You would have to lift them further. The same amount of work would be conserved, but it would be easier. It would take less force to lift.
2: Okay. I'm sorry, guys. I'm going to cut him off right there. This is very interesting. And again, he's um, very much, you know, he's a, he's pretty much an expert in footprints. Dr. Meldrum is is amazing too. I've never had the pleasure of meeting him. I've heard a lot of stories about him. He seems to be a really awesome guy. Uh, I would love to meet him someday as well Um, and just talk to him about and just pick his brain as much as I can. I mean, I'd love to sit here and listen to Cliff talk about footprints and stuff forever. In fact, I've learned a little bit just while, well by going through this, uh, listening to him, I'll probably come back to this later. Uh, and you guys are welcome to again. Again, the link will be down below in the description. So you guys can come and watch this if you want. Let's let's keep moving. And he's basically just talking about how how the feet basically are different in a Bigfoot than in a human. And how the pr- prints would be different, which is interesting. You guys, like I said, you guys can come and listen to this. And he's talking about more footprints. A lot of footprints. Let's just see what else is on here where they found them. He's pretty much just talking about... Okay, that's pretty much the whole podcast, the whole thing. All right, let me come back on here. Let me stop sharing my screen. Okay. So I hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, Cliff is, like I said, he's very, very knowledgeable of Bigfoots. Uh, He's been doing a long time. He knows footprints and stuff like that. Um, He's very... He's, he's got, I don't know, from what I hear, he's got over a thousand footprints, Bigfoot footprints um, in his his collection. So that's really cool. I've only got, I've only had the opportunity to cast three casts. The first one broke into pieces on me. Um, the second one um, didn't come out. I mean, it was just a very shallow print, but there was a clear footprint there and it was massive. It was gotta be 18 19 inches long and at least seven or eight inches wide uh and i put my foot next to it and my foot's about half the length and half the width and i have a big 13 i have a size 13 wide so uh, i've been accused of being bigfoot (laughs) by my parents every once in a while anyways um so yeah i mean he's he's just very knowledgeable uh and like he said for us to really prove hey there's a bigfoot out there uh, number one, want to leave that to be caught, which I believe the, the, the uh GOV has them somewhere, has been studying them. Um <laughs> let's get out of the rabbit hole for even deeper for a second here. Supposedly aliens come and visit us and kidnap Bigfoots. Or, you know, somebody told me one time, oh yeah, Bigfoots are just an alien's pet. They're actually from outer space, they're not really from here. And uh, I don't know if I believe that either. Um I believe that they could be like a Gigantopithecus type creature. Um, maybe Gigantopithecus never died out. If you look at Gigantopithecus, and I've been doing some research on them, um, if you look at the different colors, there was a red one, a brown one, a tan one, and a black one. Uh, the black one was the biggest. They were said to be getting to get up to 10 and a half, eleven feet tall, sometimes twelve feet tall. Um, so, and then the other ones, you know, are, or different. I've seen, personally, I've seen a black one. I've seen a gray one, which I think it's just like, as you can see in my beard, my beard's getting gray. I think they lose pigment in their fur as they get older. So who knows how long they live, um, you know, in the wild, who knows, um, you know, that's just further research that needs to be done. And then essentially, if you look at, you know, the other other colors. Blonde. I've seen one that's blonde. Um that one was gotta be pushing at least ten feet tall. But that one was more of a tall, lanky, big foot, really long arms, uh, more skinny and more of a coned shaped head. And uh basically um just very, very um it looked like it looked like crusty the clown, to be honest with you. Had this really long hair sticking out the side of it bald almost all the way on the top just a huge just a huge crown on the top of its head i'll never forget it uh if you go watch joe's camp you can actually see it i've i've actually i've got another picture of it somewhere um from a trail cam where it's standing on a tree looking at the trail cam and uh the, the picture right after that, there's something standing in front of the in front of the trap cam uh, on one of his paths that uh, he used to have uh, up there. So there's also supposedly red ones. Um, I've never seen a red one, but I've seen the brown ones. The brown ones seem like they're more bulky. They're again. You know, I haven't seen seen one. Well, no, I have. I take that back. Uh, I've seen one that was about 19, 20 feet tall. Um, And I know because I took a measurement of where I saw it. I measured the branch where its chest was, and it was almost 16 feet tall. So, you know, put another two or three feet above that for the shoulders and the the head. uh, And that's where it bent the branch down with its arm. So I'm pretty sure that was the dominant male basically checking to see what was going on. Uh, I think they learned the sound of my Bronco when I would pull up to Joe's camp because there would be activity immediately as soon as i pull up. And as soon as I go to grab a camera, I would just stop. and go quiet until the nighttime. And then stuff would start to happen. We heard tree knocks and stuff. But anyways, um, getting back to that. So the Brown ones tend to be um, as almost as wide as they are tall, um, and Blackstar Canyon, I and, and these could be juveniles, um, the, they're basically brownish colored and they were brownish blackish colored and they were about seven, eight feet tall and at least five or six feet wide, if not wider. I had that really close encounter, um, that one night where I'm not going to get it back into all that stuff. You can go back and listen to the podcast where I talk about it. But I was walking back down after an encounter um, with one that was shaking a branch and then took off up the up the creek bed and uh, flanked me. I believe it flanked me. It could have been another Bigfoot. It was basically sitting on the side of the hill, um, and then basically as I'm walking back down, I'm hearing shh, 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 up next to me up in the up in the brush, um, and then I'm hearing tree branches snap. Um, I'm hearing, I didn't have any rocks thrown at me that time. Um, but that was, that was the last time I really had what I would call a close encounter where I could actually physically see them and experience them. Um, after that, like I said, it took me two or three months to go back up there. I always, and even every time I went up out of there after that, I was, I mean, I could have reached out and touched that thing. I mean, I could have extended my arm out and physically touched it and it was only a couple feet away. Um, that just scared the living bejesus out of me. Uh, and it just, it took me a long time to get the nerve up to go back into that area. Even when I did go back, I wouldn't go up into that area for another month or two. It took me a long time to get up the courage to go back up in that area. And uh, when I did, I just felt like I was unwelcome. I, you know, I really screwed up uh, because I felt like I was establishing a relationship with them over about a six or seven year period where I had multiple encounter and basically sighting after sighting after, you know, tree knocks and, and stuff like that. They were basically um, not afraid to show themselves to me. And then I crossed the line and did something I shouldn't have. And uh, you know, they basically weren't not very happy, but I went into their personal territories. Like, like if I came in broke into your house and basically sat down in your living room and watched you watch TV for a while and then basically or left a camera in your living room watching you watch TV and then took off, you know, and then came back and got the camera later. Let's just put it that way. So yeah, not uh not a fun experience, but every other experience pretty much after that was pretty f- cool. Um saw some juveniles up there, they were about my you know shape and size. Um, and when we went back, God, a couple years, three or two years ago, um, to black star, um, we saw some up on the the hill watching us. There was a whole group of them, maybe five or six of them. uh, And they looked like they were either brownish or blackish in color. And, uh, you could, I could see them moving around and then through the night vision scope. Um, I could see them as well. Unfortunately, I didn't have the right gear with me to document them that far away. They were quite a ways away. They were probably five, six hundred feet away, maybe more and uh, they were just watching us, probably out the, up there hunting or maybe they were just getting up to go do whatever they do. but anyways, like I said, if you're interested in joining my Bigfoot research team, please reach out to me. My, all my information is down in the description. Uh, You can reach me real easy um, through email, through um, cell phone, uh, either call or text. You can go through our website. You can go through all of our social media, whatever, um, and contact me on YouTube or through um, Rumble. So anyways, guys, this is getting a little long. I'm trying to keep these under an hour. But I hope you enjoyed uh, listening to Cliff talk. Uh, I know I did. He's, again, just somebody that I would love to go, you know, get out to the field with and just pick his brain as much as I could and just listen, you know, just be a sponge and take in as much information from him as I can because he's had the pleasure of being out there doing it and uh, stuff like that. So, all right, guys, Um, you know, if you have any thoughts, any questions, you want to leave a comment down below we always appreciate that please hit that thumbs up button down there if you're not subscribed to us and you enjoy the show uh we do post between 3 and 4 podcasts a week uh please hit that subscription bell uh the subscription button and uh you know make sure you hit the notification bell so you, you get notifications when we're on uh we do post like four to five times a week sometimes sometimes seven times a week so we post a lot uh, we've got almost 300 videos on our YouTube channel, and we're getting up there on the Rumble channel, too. So. And then we've got almost, uh, almost 125 podcasts. This is 120. I think this is podcast 124, I believe. So uh, when we get to 150, maybe we'll have some kind of cool giveaway or something uh, for you guys that listen. And uh, I just want to thank you guys again for your support and liking our channel and helping us grow. Uh, and we'll continue to bring you content, and uh, we will catch you on the next one.